Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sephlication Conflagration. Here are your two amazing hosts, Nate Bradford and Stephen Ronquillo. Guys, take it away! Uh... Uh, are, 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 are we back? Are, are, are we back? Is this thing on? Is this, is this thing on? Are, are we back? I don't know. Are we back? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we actually pay. I actually pay, paid the back rent on the studio that I forgot to pay. Sorry, folks. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I uh, I will be 100% upfront about it for our fans. We have we really do appreciate everyone who listens, whether you tune in live or whether you uh, download the episodes later. We really do appreciate it, and we do try to, even though it's just kind of two dudes goofing around about movies and music and and all that stuff. We do appreciate everyone listening and. We did have a bit of a, a a hiccup over the last month, and I will fully admit, um, as all of you know, I joke about it a lot on the air, but I do have issues with drugs and alcohol, and I was in rehab, and hopefully it takes this time. Uh, this is the third time I've been to rehab, and uh, I can occasionally stay sober here and there, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so Stephen, Stephen and I both bought some new equipment for the podcast, and I'm in my uh, in my office as always. But Stephen, why don't you tell the why don't you tell the folks what you're doing tonight with your new podcast equipment? Well, I'm sitting outside on the porch because my room. I need to get a. Internet pod booster for my room because the walls are concrete because whoever built this house did not know what he was doing. <laughs> well, to be fair, when that house was built, the internet probably was not a thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Like they probably never planned on having to have internet access in in your house. Yeah. So. So, so what are we talking about tonight, Stephen? We are we. Are we back? Well, we are back, right? A, it's, yeah, it's been a yeah, rough three yeah. weeks. I mean, we lost, uh, well, last, this week, uh, Clarence Williams III died. Yes. And. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You probably would know him from the Mod Squad, but he was always in the cool movies. Like. Uh, yep. One of my favorite stories was about uh Van- remember when Vanity Prince's uh a protege went sober and did that tell all book. Oh he yeah, said yeah, yeah, that yeah. On the set of fifty two pickup, Clarence Williams the third scared her in one scene so badly and it's pretty easy to tell that she actually pissed <laughs> her pants. <laughs> uh, that's that, that's funny. Yeah, that no. Uh, I, 
that's funny for a different reason. I'll, I'll get back to Clarence in a second, but uh, I, I recently got a promotion at work. Uh, and so as part of this promotion, I have to start working nights again, which it feels kind of like a downgrade to me. I was working Monday through Friday, no nights, no weekends, no holidays, which you know is important to me because I am a stand-up comedian. So, uh, but the other night I did go out and do a job uh, with two other dudes and one of the guys pissed his pants while we were at work. <laughs> it doesn't have it doesn't have anything to do with Clarence Williams the third per se, but just because you mentioned someone pissing their yeah. pants, like for re- for real, dude. Like can, like it, it it wasn't like some young dude or some old guy. Like you know me, I'm I'm almost fifty. Everyone I work with is 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 that same uh you know same age group, and all of a sudden one dude just pissed himself, but. He didn't even really seem to acknowledge it. He just kind of pissed himself yeah. and was like, "All right, guys, all right, guys, let's get back to work." <laughs> um, yeah, what's the so, difference between twenty and fifty? When you're twenty, that's a humorous story that you tell each other and laugh and enjoy. But when you're close <laughs> to fifty, you're like, "Oh God, did they see? <laughs> Should I get some depends?" <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, so you no, you're right. Fifty-two pickup, haven't you? With Roy yep, Scheider. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was scary yeah. as hell in that movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he had a he had kind of a strange career because, like you say, Mod Squad. You know, like and people who. You know, younger listeners might be more familiar with the Mod Squad, uh, the remake, but we're talking about the original Mod Squad from the 1960s. Yeah. Yeah. The weird Uh, part was he did Mod Squad, the TV series. Then he basically vanished off the face of this earth until he reappeared as Prince's father in Purple Rain, the first movie (laughs) he ever did. Right. uh, Well... Was that the first one? Uh, he was, yeah. Wasn't he? Was it? Wasn't he? Was wasn't he when I'm gonna? Wasn't he? And I'm gonna get you, sucker. Yeah, but that was nineties. That was after. That was after Purple yeah. Rain. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. know. I, I You're right. confirmed it, but yeah, Purple Rain was the first one. He's only in two or three scenes, but God, is he good? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Purple Rain is and, one of those uh, 80s movies that's better than it has any right to be if you look at it on paper. Yeah, and it, well, it's also one of those movies like, I mean, obviously we're talking about the 80s tonight, and we're going to talk about movies, TV shows, actors, etc., as we always do, but like Purple Rain is one of those movies that, it it does look good on paper because you got Prince in it, who was at the at the <laughs> peak of his uh, uh, the, the 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 peak of his success at the time, you know. Um, uh, but it, it is it's such an eighties. It it's as much of an eighties movie as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two is a nineties movie. You know, it's like everything you could possibly think about the nineteen eighties is crammed into purple rain, but yet for some reason, it's still, it's still around it and it's still enjoyable. 
Yeah, you know. That's because uh, of the live concert scenes. They filmed them as raw live concert scenes. So it has right? a flavor to it that you didn't get in most staged concert scenes. Right. Right. And, and then you and I talked about this a lot, um, not not on one of our podcasts, uh, but uh, I think uh, in our – in our blog, I think you and I wrote about um, 200 Motels, the Frank Zappa movie. Yeah. Which, uh, when, we, when we were talking about unfinished films, uh, we wrote back and forth on our blog about uh, 200 Motels. And even though that movie is, it, it, it's a strange, it's a strange documentary, but um, the fact that, a lot of that concert footage is raw footage of, um, of, of, you know, uh, the mothers of invention, Frank Zappa, that like that, that gives a lot of uh, verisimilitude to the movie that might've otherwise been lost if they had tried to do like, um, Oh, I, I, like, I don't know. I don't want to say the monkeys, but you know, the monkeys, the monkeys did, the, you know, the monkeys yeah. did do a lot of like, you know, fake out kind of stuff. But, uh, but the monk, the, the monkeys never really made a movie though. Did they? That uh, head, I think, was the only movie that the monkeys were really ever yeah not, involved well, in. Well, in 99.3.4 revolutions for monkey, but head was just an insane myth. It's just one of those things like, okay, we've been straight-laced for too long, so we'll make the weirdest crap we're going to make. But, yeah, I mean, when I went and seen Purple Rain in the theaters, it was sold out, and people were dancing in the aisles. It was like they got carried away with the concert footage because that's the way they set up. I mean, let's look at the, the bird. The opening, you know, oh, you still got two minutes to get up and stop dancing. If you ain't dancing, you can get out of here. Yeah, even if yeah. it is in a movie audience, you're like, whoa, God, I better stop dancing. <laughs> right? It, 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 like, um, Purple Rain has kind of like like a, a Rocky Horror Picture Show vibe, uh, if you think about it. Uh, now in the revival era of, yeah. of going to the going to the theater, like you know, or or like the room, you know, uh, Tommy Wiseau's The Room, you know, like there are there are things that people react to viscerally and 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 actively because they remember, uh, you know, we think about like uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show was kind of designed that way. The room uh, just be kind of just kind of became a joke in that vein, but Purple Rain really does like have some of that to it, you know. Like there really yeah. was a there, there really was a vibe to it. It was a you yeah. know it was a you know. Uh, and Clarence was Williams a is only in it for maybe three or four scenes, but God is he good. Especially at one scene where he's playing piano and showing his own songs before he commits suicide. Right. And he right. talks to yeah, he talks to Prince's character. 
Now, aside from aside from the mod squad, which of course he had a major role in, and we're talking about Purple Rain, but I'm thinking about more of his films. He was he didn't really ever have a big part in anything else. I mean, most of his other most of his other stuff, I think, was. Uh, as far as I can remember, and you know, you and I do this show off the top of our head most of the time, and we try to re- remember and we try to remind one another. Yeah. But do you really re- do, do you really remember anything else that he was in that where he had a bigger, <laughs> a, a more, a big, a big, a, he, the Mod Squad, obviously. Tales from the Hood. He, you know. Tales from the Hood. Yep, I was. That was the one that was on the top of my head as well. Yeah. Um, he was. The narrator, the storyteller, Mr. Sims, and he yeah, was he, this he was shit in that movie. Yeah. I learned yeah, he more was ways basically to the, say the yeah. yeah. I yeah. learned more ways to say the word shit from Tales from the Hood and him than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, well, we gonna get it. We gonna get the shit. We gonna get the dude, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, even even you growing up in the South, you probably uh, learned more ways to say the N-word from Ralph Bakshi films than than anything else. Oh, Street Fight, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're getting to yeah, that another fight. time. Yeah, that's another time. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah, I'm just saying. Skin. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Coonskin, right, yeah. He was yeah. also, uh, let's see, he went from 52 Pickup, where he stole the dang movie, of course. Yeah. And then I'm Gonna um, Get You, Sucker, which had about everybody in it. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, like I said, that's why I kind of, I brought that up before. I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker, and half-baked, but you were right. We were trying to talk more about oh, 80s yeah. stuff, but, well, but, no, the, but that was like... we talking about his film period, yeah. Clarence Williams, yeah. the 90s was really the decade he came out, because, uh, let's see, uh, I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker, uh, half-baked. That was He was hilarious as Samson. Always had his hair in color. Mama right. <laughs> I told you not to let, that, let them bitch wear them bunny slippers anymore. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, shit. Damn, yeah. bunny slippers. Wow. And actually, this is, this, is, this is funny because I was talking to my friend John earlier. Uh, my friend John came over earlier. We like to hang out and just listen to records. And uh, we were listening to some old uh, Jelly Roll Morton records. And he was like, oh, hey, didn't, uh, he was like, he was like, didn't the guy from the Mod Squad play Jelly Roll Morton in one of those movies? And I, uh, did he? I I, I can't, I don't know. Like I said, this is how you and I bounce off and bounce off of one another. He was in yeah. He was in Tales in the Hood, Hoodlum, and American Gangsta. But I benched those two together because he played the same role in both of them, which was Bumpy yeah, Johnson. Right. Huh, yeah. 
I mean, do you remember but, watching American Gangster and just seeing that grin on Denzel's face, <laughs> just listening to Clarence Williams talk about, look at this store, it's horrible. They just sell all this product. He's selling these watches <laughs> and stuff. There's nothing personal about it. <laughs> right? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I, like I said, this was just a conversation I was having with my my friend John, who just like you and I, he's kind of a, you know, music movie TV nerd. And he, and we were talking about, uh, we were talking about it and he was like, yeah, didn't, didn't he play Jelly Roll Morton in a movie? And I was like, I don't remember. I said, I'll, I'll talk to uh, Stephen about it when we're on the no. air tonight. And, yeah. and he was also in, speaking of blues, he uh, I think he was in Mo Better Blues. I'm not sure, but I know that he was in Sugar Hill with Wesley Snipes, and he was right, great right. in that too. Yeah, he was in a couple of uh, Wesley. Wasn't Wesley Snipes also in Deep Cover, or was that no? That was uh, Lawrence that, Fishburne. That's Lawrence Fishburne. That's my favorite yeah. one of his because he took yeah. the whole role. Because in the Bill Duke's original script. Clarence Williams III's character was supposed to be just your typical bad butt cop. Right. But he changed it with just taking one line, which was when he showed up and punched him in the belly, he was supposed to just fade to black. And he said, you're under arrest. But instead, he punched him in the belly and said, how you doing, Judas? (laughs) Right. Yeah. And he oh, changed that, the, a, his whole character into a Catholic. If you look at the yeah. scene where they interrogate, Florence Fishburne sitting there like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah. That that is a that is a good re that is a good rewrite though. That's a good I mean, I don't know if he ad libbed it or if he actually said Yeah, hey. he ad libbed it. He went to Bill Duke and yeah. said, Let me try something. He's like, okay, and he punched him in the belly. He said, how you doing, Judas? Boom. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 is, that is a good rewrite. And you're right. It does change the character 100%. Well, I wouldn't say 100%, but it, it adds another layer to the character. Yeah, cool. then he starts talking about how he's a Christian, and he whips out his real wallet and shows him the picture of his actual kids. And he's like... Would you, if someone's putting the head to your beautiful African babies, wouldn't you get mad? <laughs> right. Fisherman's right. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, don't cross me. I'm like a hung mad dog with a bone. I'll be on you like stink <laughs> on doo <doo-doo>. doo. <laughs> 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 just. It, 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 it actually, um, kind of reminds me of the african-american version of um of like like the uh who am i thinking of uh hardcore uh who who was in uh, who was in hardcore oh george uh, c scott yeah yeah george c scott yeah yeah it kind of reminds well, me of that same kind of like but it but you know it reminds me of that same kind of like uh like you were saying, you know, like, hey, if this was your daughter, what would you do? You know? Um, yeah. And 
I guess in some regard that also kind of bleeds over into like taxi driver, you know, which yeah, yeah there's no reason. There's no reason to talk about Taxi Driver. We've it's been discussed exhaustively, but you know, <laughs> it's been yeah. There's so many theories about Taxi Driver that it ain't even funny. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, I know, right? Yeah, the last yeah, yeah, twenty the minutes other, the, is just a dream. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, uh, the other the other morning I was talking to Abby about. Uh, uh, Inception, just kind of randomly. I don't know how it came up. I I, ha- I haven't watched it recently or anything, but I was just kind yeah. of yeah, I was just kind of talking about Inception and uh, uh, just giving her my my random theory about Inception, and she doesn't give a shit. A- Abby Abby loves movies and TV. She loves all the same movies and TV shows as I do, but she. She can, she's one of those, like, I can watch it once and I don't care anymore. You know, she's not like <laughs> obsessive, like she, she's not obsessive, you know, she's not obsessive like you and I are where we'll, you know, like she, she, nice fi- she finds no, <laughs> she, she finds no reason to purchase a film, you know, on DVD, Blu-ray, download it. She finds no reason to purchase a film. She figures between Netflix, Amazon Prime and Hulu and Shudder, you know, we've got everything that we need to just watch movies and she doesn't give a shit about owning a movie so she can watch it over and over again. So whenever I start rambling on about things, uh, She's just like, yeah, 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 I don't care. So, Yeah, I'm sorry, but to me, Inception is one of those one-and-done movies. Are you there? Well, we lost Nate. He'll be back in a second. But, yeah, Deep Cover comes out next month from Criterion, and it is one of my favorites. As a matter of fact, I did a watch, and it's in the archives. Not if you're listening to this on Spotify. I need to upload it to Spotify before the DVD comes out, but I will be uploading some of the missing episodes that are not on Spotify on Spotify. And there he is. Here I am. Yeah, yeah you get so obsessed with Inception that you just vanish. Yeah. I, I mean, just you ran out of the street. <laughs> yeah, you ran out of yeah. the street with, I love Inception, then come back in the house. Yeah, I don't know what happened. This, this, this is this, this, this new friggin' com. I, I, I bought a new computer, and when I bought the computer, I specifically told the guy at 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 Best Buy. I said, "Look, I'm like, all I do is look at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, my website." I jerk off to internet porn and I have a, a podcast once a week. What can you sell me that, that, that will do all those things. He sold me this computer, you know, I mean, obviously you and I do this podcast together, but I have a lot of other podcasts that I go on and the same 
fucking thing happens all the time. I'll just be talking, blah, 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 blah. And then suddenly I'll be like, uh, I'm not on the podcast anymore, am I? It, it, this computer sucks. <laughs> I'm late. <laughs> I, I have all the nice podcast equipment. I have an entire desk of shit set up here that's just specifically designed for all the different podcasts that I do. And it kicks me off all the time because this computer is a piece of shit. But <laughs> anyway... Anyway, well, I've just we're, got we're... my thin book, uh, HP, <laughs> and my headset. That's all I need. <laughs> well, that, that's the... <laughs> that, that's the other thing. That's the other thing that pisses me off is you know we have like three laptops, like three uh, tablets. We have you know cell phones, smart TVs. There are so many different ways that I could talk to you every Wednesday night. And I'm just like, well, I'm in my office. Here's my, here's my laptop. I'll just plug into this. And then we get shit like that where all of a sudden it just drops out for no apparent reason. So I don't know. But yeah, all through the nineties, Clarence Williams was like one of those actors that you would always see in the supporting roles. And he had always like steal the movie. Yeah, yeah, he like uh, so many movies he would have like one scene and then just like that's it. Or like you said, even Tales from the Hood, which I was like I mentioned before, he kind of plays like the crypt keeper character in Tales from the Hood where he's linking all of the all of the stories together. So, yeah, I, mean, I love it that well, if you haven't seen it yet, you're about to be spoiled. He plays the devil in this movie. But it's basically like the first time he's done anything like this in forever. So when he gets hit, it's like the first time the devil's been hit in about two, three hundred years. And he <laughs> right? plays it that way. And and like you said, though, it was a really like for for it was kind of like a meta thing because for him as an actor it was one of the first times that he really had a major role in a film and even though Tales from the Hood was kind of an underground I, I don't know you know it's hard to it's hard to describe underground nowadays you and I it came obviously out the are same huge. week as Friday and all of the black audience went to Friday right right but but you know like you and I talk about this stuff all the time. Like it's, it's weird to kind of try to define underground filmmaking from the nineties on, like you and I talk a lot about like, like, like independent film in the seventies, independent film in the eighties, which we're obviously going to get into tonight some more, but like independent film in the nineties, a lot of it doesn't, it doesn't, feel like independent films it doesn't feel like yeah like uh, like tetsuo the iron man right or or you know i'll 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 throw it right out there everyone who listens to our show knows my favorite movie of all time is pulp fiction that was that was marketed as an independent underground film fuck that dude that that movie had more money that the budget on that movie was bigger than 
all ten of John Carpenter's first movies combined. You know, like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Trying to say it's more independent than Clerks, which was basically he shot it with whatever camera he can afford by money that he was going to spend going to film school. Yeah, exactly. Like or all uh, the guys uh, that are on sobhorror.com for the nineties, like uh, uh, Rot, Deadbeat at Dawn, uh, Darkness, Leif Yoniker. Yeah, uh, Shattered yeah, like Ed. Got that's uh, underground filmmaking because you had to really look for that. How they, about like? There, so there's so many like uh, uh are are you um uh like like sh- like shot on video um you know stuff from the 80s uh uh you said deadbeat at dawn wasn't deadbeat at dawn originally like shot on like one of those old big handheld VHS cameras and then edited together yeah. later like yeah. yeah, he shot it as a demo reel to show that he could shoot action. And then once he's seen it all, all the footage, he's like, okay, I'm going to film a little bit of this and that to put a plot into it. And we got deadbeat at dawn. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Name and, is and Tetsuo. That's a, that's it's not even uh, 50 minutes, is it? Nope, Tetsuo. Nope, Tetsuo is not even an hour long. No way. No, nope, I have it on. I have it on uh, some weird uh, Asian DVD from twenty years ago, and it's yeah. yeah back then nope, we had nope, to nope, seek nope. it out. We couldn't just yep. go like nowadays. You can get the Arrow box set of it that has Tetsuo, yeah. Tetsuo Two, Burst City. It's, it, well, it's like the same thing talking about, uh, I mean, just referencing like bizarre underground Asian horror films. It's like the guinea pig films, you know, like, like when we were, when we were young, if you wanted to find one of those guinea pig films, you had to find an advertisement. You and I have talked about this before. You have to find an advertisement in the back of, of, uh, you know, some you know, film underground film magazine that you bought at a store where most people just buy porno, but you happen to be there, find a copy of film threat and, you know, flip to the back. And there's a, a, you know, you can, you can send away for a catalog and then you get the catalog and now you can get Guinea pig, you know, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it would Cra- be a crazy. crappy copy, so it'd make it look better <laughs> than if. That's one thing I appreciate Stephen Brio did when he put it out on the blue DVD box set, which is out of print now. Which was he included Guinea Pig Two in a beautiful yeah. pristine copy, but he also put like a third generation PD dupe of it. So we could see, so people could see what the heck the uproar was. Because if you look right, at a good quality that, copy of it, you can tell that it's special effects. But when you got a crappy copy, you have to squint to see what the heck is going on. 
Yeah, and, and see, that's that's the one thing that I always thought was strange about. Uh, so the whole guinea pig. And again, his microphone has gone out. Let's see if I can fix it. Are you there? He got dropped out again. He went out and screamed in the, at his uh, house, By God, I love guinea pig. But, yeah, I mean, it was hilarious. You've probably heard on this show, in other words, the stories before of people actually thinking that Guinea Pig was actually a real snuff film. When really the first two films were the only ones in the batch that would count as snuff, and the rest of them were more like disgusting gonzo fantasy films that weren't even involved in the guinea pig series, but the series was selling good, so they would just slap the guinea pig title on it to make money. (laughs) Sitting in the morning sun. But yeah, I mean, it's hilarious how many myths and legends appeared because of how hard these movies were to find. Isn't that right, Nate? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, um, I, I've made a point of this multiple times, not only on our, on our, uh, on our podcast, but other podcasts and on other, uh, you know, blogs and stuff that you and I have worked on before. Like, uh, I was always obsessed with, uh, you know, the, the, finding the most disturbing films of all time and and like we were talking about before like you know you had to go and actually search that stuff out you had to go buy a copy of film threat and then find an advertisement in the back of film threat and then send away for a catalog and then get the catalog and then you would get the you know you could find movies like you and i have joked about this a thousand times over the past seven years, but you know, solo. Oh, you, you know, solo was like so hard to find. Now it's on the fucking criterion collection. Like you can just go to Barnes and Noble and buy a copy of solo on yeah, Blu-ray, solo, you know, uh, come and see <laughs> uh, the a Serbian film. You can go buy easily at Diabolic. <laughs> Uh, man man behind the sun i mean all these movies that when we were i mean jesus christ you can watch last house on the left on friggin netflix now and it's like when we were growing up people were like oh you can't watch last house on the left it's oh it's gonna be so uh, there's rape there's murder you're not people get their dicks cut off you're not gonna be able to find this movie because this is a fucked up movie now it's like well, I can not just find it uncut. Off. You could find <laughs> like I have personally seen seven different cuts of uh, Last House on the Left: the original cut VHS tape, the semi-cut VHS tape, the so-called unrated VHS tape, which added more footage back in, but it was unwatchable. 
uh, the closest that we came to the Young Cup back then, which was uh, the Canadian no credit uh, cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, it's it's it, it, it's it's remarkable how uh, it's just remarkable how easily. And I know I don't want to be like the okay, I'm 50 years old, I'm the grumpy old man, get off my lawn. But you and I, again, you and I have talked about this multiple times, not only on our podcasts but uh, on our blog and and everything. Just like Jesus Christ, these kids don't realize how easy they have it nowadays. You know, if yeah. You're a- there's a there was this term I came up with to describe those films that we've been talking about for the last twenty minutes. I call them unseen classics, as in right. They're classic films and beloved because no one's had a chance to really see them and see how uh, they really are. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Uh yeah, you're yeah, I mean, but again, it goes back to what we were talking about before. A lot of those movies um it goes back to what we were saying before about uh low budget or into what, what people consider low budget or independent films nowadays. I mean, you know, I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, like I said, I have all the streaming services. I watch a lot of movies on Netflix and, and, uh, Hulu, Amazon prime, uh, shutter, all that stuff. And, you know, you like you zoom in on like a like a strange what seems to be like a strange underground horror film, like the kind of thing that you and I would have would have glommed onto when we were like, you know, twelve years old. But, yeah. But but it but the 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 production values are so. High. I mean, you can film a you can you can make a film on your iPhone nowadays, edit it on your computer, and it's going to look more beautiful than anything that you and I got to see when we were growing up. It not necessarily making it a worse film, but just making you know like like it, it's just so high high everything just so high glossed and and ironically enough, we're like. Ha- almost halfway through our show tonight. We haven't really started talking about the eighties, but in the eighties, when you and I were growing up and we were obsessed with these underground films and these horror films and stuff, you or know, the bottom, we are talking. As Joe Bob called them, and I agree with them, the bottom feeder titles, which were the titles, not because they were real bottom feeder films. It's just that the ones with the real horror fans that we would go to the video stores, they would have these titles on the bottom shelf to really show the the work for <laughs> you would see right. stuff like uh, blood cult a uh, sledgehammer uh a lot of shot on video drag yeah yeah and 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 you know there's nothing there's nothing really like that nowadays, even because I guess that was the point I was making uh, before. Uh, there, there's no such thing as shot on video anymore. I mean, you know, I'm a huge like uh, tech nerd, so I have I have some of those old 
giant uh, VHS recorders. I have old eight, like I can tape stuff on uh, eight millimeter digital stuff. You know, I, 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 I can, I, I have all of that stuff, but you know, whenever I do a video, what do you think I reach for? I grab my friggin' iPhone or my iPad, or I just use the, use the camera on my computer, you know? And it's like, so no matter what I'm, no matter what I'm aiming for, um, you know, I'm getting like this high digital, you know, high quality digital. And, uh, sadly you know like and again you every week i mention how much i love quentin tarantino but you know when we watch something like death proof or uh and and as part of the uh you know grindhouse uh you know all of that stuff with uh machete and the machete trailer the you know like they make that wasn't real like gritty it would they they did all that digitally you know and 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 that yeah and you know. the one thing that everybody including Tarantino or we're going to screw up on is that yeah yeah you guys were lucky you got the CD movie for all that grit and grime I was like no we've seen the trailers we've seen the movie <laughs> when they were brand new and they look good you know why because if a director <laughs> would put out a movie with a crappy-looking quality print, they wouldn't get any more work. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and you, but, but you and I have talked about this before. Uh, again, uh, you know, we, uh, I, I get confused because we, we've done a ton of podcasts over the last seven years, and we've done a bunch of stuff on the blog. I forget what we talk about where, whether it's us, you know, speaking back and forth or whether it's us writing together. Uh, But um, we've talked about uh, like the, the Chitlin circuit where they would, you know, when back, back when movies would actually be shipped around like on film around the country. uh, Well, yeah. uh, Yeah. And they would have like the wrestling territories. They would have different bookers. For each section of the country, right. But the but the point I was trying to make was that you know when you got the film, it might have already been played in thirty different theaters, forty different theaters. So by the time you got a copy, it might look like that. Uh, you know the the type of like phony stuff that Rob Zombie and and Tarantino and Rodriguez were were playing with when they did Grindhouse, you know what I mean? Yeah, but most of it, you would get a high-quality trailer. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess that's true, yeah. So, but, but, so, you're thinking you would get a high-quality trailer, but, yeah, that's because the, do, do and, you think uh, that's because the, the oh, I was going to say because the trailers got played less, maybe? No, it's because that's movie. how they promoted the film, and they would always send out the trailers new. But then the people that would book the territories would know what type of movies would make money in their territories. So it would be like up north Maine, 
you wouldn't get stuff like the country the the country porn the hillbilly right, porn like, that would play down south yeah. you would yeah, get I wouldn't stuff get like, that would play up there so you wouldn't get prints uh of just any old film you know it would be like what place to my area nowadays there yeah. is nothing as areas so they will ship out films across the U.S. because in the theaters, the taste had gotten homogenized. There's no such thing as regional filmmaking anymore. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is 100 percent true. And I, I I was thinking of the same thing. Like, um, but also most uh, every, every film that ships out now is digital. Like, do you have any theaters down in your area that still actually show like film? Like, yeah, the drive-in. Yeah, the the drive-in shows actual film. Yeah, uh, like because the, the, uh, the drive we have a lot of drive-ins up here in Maine, but they they just do digital, you know, projection. I, it, which which is nice. I mean, you get to see a lot of older films again from the '80s, which is what we were planning on talking about tonight. But you can go to the theaters here and watch like Raiders of the Lost Ark or Gremlins or or something on the big screen at the drive-in. And well, uh, most of the drive-ins know, are shipping out the new Conjuring with uh, Creep Show as the second feature. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I would see that. I would watch that. I, I have, I've never watched any of the other Conjuring films, but the, the, the preview for that new Conjuring film does actually have me intrigued. So they if, are pretty they good. Me, I like them. I've liked them all so far. See, I wouldn't uh, call them classics, but I've liked them. Good pop right. father. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not, and, and I do, I do like the 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 actors, the actors that are in the films uh, are are actors that I enjoy. Um, uh, what what what's what's the the main the the main lead the the male actor in there? Uh, he was in Watchmen. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't. He was. Yeah. Uh... He played the Doctor owl. Doctor Manhattan. Oh no, 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 yeah, no. Right. no. He played no, he, he played he, Owl Man. He, he played My bad. He, he played Owl Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I do uh, and I have seen him in other films and I do like him as an actor, but uh I don't know. Um it's a, it's a weird thing for me watching modern horror films, especially as I've mentioned already multiple times this evening. Uh Abby and I have so many um, streaming services that it's too much. Uh, it's too easy, and there's too much product nowadays to really go hog wild like we used to back in the old days. Yeah, well, you know, this is kind of funny because this brings me back to actually uh, about almost what I was just about to say. Um, when we were growing up, and I'm sure you were the same same way when you were growing up like yeah like okay so now i live in this giant house and we have tvs in every fucking room of the house like i'm not kidding 
the kitchen, the living room. Abby has her office. I have my office. We have the bedroom. Like, we have, like, nine smart TVs in this house. We have tablets. We have, we have uh, laptops. We, like, we can – and we have every streaming service, and we have DVDs. We have VHS. I have nine fucking VCRs. Steven. I have nine VCRs. Do you know anyone else who has nine VCRs? We, we have, we have four record players who has records anymore. We do. We have hundreds of them. So like any place you can buy you go records in, my house, in Walmart, vinyl has really come back to stay. Yeah. For now. Yeah. But, but the, but the point that I'm making is anywhere you go in my house, there is some entertainment to be had. I mean, Christ, I didn't even I didn't even finish. We have Betamax. We have we actually have an eight millimeter film. Like like you can play eight millimeter, sixteen millimeter, thirty two millimeter film. We have a, a a screen in one of our room. Like I'm telling you, man, the Jesus only type Christ. of <laughs> You're like David Bowie in that one scene from <laughs> The Man Who Fell to Earth. Yes. Yes, Stephen, I am the man who <laughs> fell to Earth. <laughs> and the scene that I'm talking about where David Bowie is sitting in his chair watching like 32 TVs at once, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, yeah, I, hey. yeah. Yeah. No. Our. Our. our Big alert. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear, I hear, I hear her. I hear her. No, all of our stuff is we at least we at least have all of our stuff separated into separate rooms. So yeah, yeah, we're not. But 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 there is a very real danger. There is a very real danger that at some point, I you might just see me sitting on a couch you're going to come visit and I'll be sitting on a couch with like all 32 screens in front of me <laughs> you know need, uh, and I'll be there, need more need <laughs> more <laughs> yeah yeah you'll come to visit and I'll be like oh Steven thank you so much did you bring me another television <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah no no, no, Nate, I'm here to take you to the hospital. You have completely and totally lost your mind. Oh, really? You your brain. Or, uh, <laughs> or do I just need another television? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can understand. They say kids only watch like five minutes of movies nowadays. With all the choices they have, I can understand that. It's really hard to settle down and watch a movie when you have like twenty or more so that you can just get in an instant. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I and I I have a real um. My real problem uh, is, and I, I and I know I know this does have to do with what I was talking about at the top of the program, you know. I'm almost 50 years old. I fully admit that I have drug and alcohol issues, but you know, uh, um, I've been so successful as a writer and 
uh, stand-up comedian and, uh, you know, an actor. A pornographer. A, a pornographer, yeah. I've done, I've done it all. I've done, I've done it all, you know. So uh, it's, one, it, it's, it's one of those strange things where I'm like, I know that my lifestyle isn't healthy, but I'm so, I, I'm so successful that I don't, you, you know, like, like people usually talk about, um, oh, I haven't hit rock bottom, so I'm I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna do anything about it, and and that's a very real, uh, that's a real, that's a very real thing. I, you know, we we make a lot of jokes about it. I don't mind you kidding me about it. I don't mind our listeners joking about it. Um, I make jokes about it, obviously, as I said, but, I'm a successful stand-up what comedian. What scares but, me but, is that the DVD buying crowd now has gotten to the point where they care more about the bells and whistles than the fucking movies. Right, right. They're like someone got the, I seen on a group, someone was talking about, oh, I got the new scanner cup set. I love the slip cover on it, but the inserts need slip covers too, so they won't get any little tiny scratches that will annoy me. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I was I, I I mentioned earlier that that my friend John came over and uh, uh, when he comes over, we usually listen to records. But you know, we're both vinyl nerds. So he brings his records over and we're listening to vinyl and uh, he, he went outside. uh, He went outside for a minute to smoke a cigarette. And I put on one of the new records that he had brought over for us to listen to. And uh, I noticed inside uh, the, 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 the sleeve for the vinyl, there was uh, a download. Uh, Oh, if he, if it, if you want to download a digital version of this album, uh, you know, this is the code. So when he came back inside, I was sitting there listening to the record and I said, Hey, uh, did you know that this was in that new record that you bought? And he was like, yeah, but I just don't give a shit. He's like, I already bought it on vinyl. And so he and I started to have this funny conversation about like, Again, like I was just saying a few minutes ago, you know, like I have like five DVD players, five Blu-ray players, nine VHS, you know, like, and all of the laptops and everything and all the digital stuff. It's like, you know, I, I want everything to be available to me when I want it to be available to me, but I guess in a weird way. I want it to be available to me in various forms, just just in, in case, case, I guess. Just well, in case. A, yeah. Well, it's like some yeah. people's like, I got to have the DVD. Why? It has extras that they didn't pour it over to the Blu-ray. And I'm like, yeah. well, why didn't they? Because, you know. <laughs> right? And and uh, it's like the laser disc to Donna's a dead. It'll run you two hundred and fifty dollars because it has a different commentary than any of the other DVD or box sets. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Now you bring up 
fucking laser disc. Dude, I have a laser disc player and the only reason I have the laser disc player is because I have the three original Star Wars movies on Laserdisc before George Lucas fucked with them at all. Just uh, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Boom. That's the only reason that I have a Laserdisc. I I do still find Laserdiscs sometimes at flea markets and and thrift stores. And I do sometimes buy ones like I have Soylent Green and uh, Apocalypse Now, but really the only reason that I keep the laser disc is because I want to be able to watch the original Star Wars films in their in their original form, you know. And they're well, ja- if you Japanese go to the gray laser. market nowadays, you can get the Star Wars original films, and they're gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and guess what else has I, just popped up in the gray market? The Hateful Eight Roadshow version. Oh, oh, baby. You better get me a copy of that for my birthday. And by the way, my birthday was two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know how fucking envious I am of the fact that not only did you get to see the hatefully roadshow version in the theater, but you have the, you have the, the package, right? Like they gave you the, the yeah, like, you like got you, a booklet you, and there's a series yeah. of eight, one with each character. I got the one with uh, Damian Bichon, Bob the Mexican. Right. So, so was that a was that a lobby card or just uh, uh, the um, center poster of it? Oh, okay. Because I um, when I saw um, Death Proof in the theater, they gave everybody a lobby card. You didn't get to pick which one that you got, but I got I I, I got one of the lobby cards. You know. Uh, I didn't get any of the lobby cards, but yeah, that's cool. Oh yeah, I think you told me. I, I do. I do. I do think you told me when you saw that they did have lobby cards available, right? No. Um. Oh, they didn't. Oh, when I saw Death Proof, uh, everybody who bought a ticket just got a lobby card, but you didn't get to pick which one you wanted. They just they they just gave you whichever one was next on the pile. I got Stuntman Mike, so that's a cool. Uh, you know, and yeah, you know, I was like, all right, I got the book. And in the way I was like, oh man, I wanted the Samuel L. Jackson one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. No, but you know, I am super jealous of you. All right. Look, all you, oh, you just have to make me one promise. We've been friends for like almost 10 years now. You just got to make me one promise. If you know you're on your deathbed and you know things are coming to an end, you got to send me that. You got to send me that hateful hate. (laughs) You got to be like, you got to be like, you got to be like, look, man, I don't know a bigger Tarantino fan than Nate Bradford. Make sure this gets to him. (laughs) It's how. (laughs) <laughs> they uh, did it. I mean, it was beautiful, the 70 millimeter, but 
The problem was is that most of the IMAX theaters was taken over by the Star Wars film when it came out. Yeah. So it only gotten to maybe one ninety ninth of the theaters he wanted to put it out in. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing about about here, like you 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 get so much luckier because. Uh, yeah, we have drive-in theaters up here, and we have some some nice movie theaters up here that that do seventy millimeter, and we actually have some really cool independent theaters up here that that will show like old actual film, you know, like we were kind of goofing about before, but that will show actual film, like oh oh my gosh, uh, they're gonna show uh, you know. Uh, whatever uh some you know just just name it i don't i don't fucking know uh breakfast club or you you know uh say anything they'll they're gonna be like oh they're gonna show an actual like version of that on film so we do have those films uh you know those theaters that will do that stuff up here but when it comes to something like like you were just saying like 70 millimeter like a brand new 70 millimeter film like the hateful eight or something, uh, there will probably be, I'm going to say four movie theaters in within driving distance of where I live that will show them. And probably yeah. only one of them will show the movie, you know, like they'll just be like, yeah, I don't, yeah, we don't give a shit, you know? Yeah, a lot of people, I've seen a couple of people look at the poster book, you know, the programs you got with it, and just look at it for like three seconds and boom, do it in the bin. I'm like, what the? Hmm. Yeah, um, you know what I'm going to say? What the? Why weren't you picking, picking those up and sending them to me? You know I'm a huge Tarantino <laughs> fan. <laughs> All right. This well, is don't it. This forget. Is, this is, but yeah, I mean, there's always like that. Like when I was a kid, we got the 70 millimeter version of uh, creditless version of uh, Apocalypse Now, the Roadshow version. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch it because I was nine years old, but. I knew it was the one where they didn't have no credits and they would just give you the book with all the credits in it instead of that being in the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, another another booklet that I really want is uh, even though I know he disowns it and it's probably my least favorite film of his, I would still like one of those booklets that they put out when they uh uh dune david lynch the oh the dune dictionary yeah i've never yeah. seen one of those in person no neither have i and i know and that and that was kind of how we started talking about this because because uh you go to a lot more uh like like film conventions than i do i go to a lot more like yeah. comic book and and action figure uh, stuff, but you go to a lot more film stuff, but that it, that's not based on my desire. That's just like more what we have up here. We have a lot of comic book and action figure stuff, which is cool. You know, I mean, if yeah. you want to meet Frank, 
if you, if you want to Miller and tell him that uh, you used to he's think he was cool, but that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you want to meet Frank Miller and say, hey, you used to be cool, but now you're a pro-Trump fascist who fucking sucks. But hey, man, uh, Dark Knight Returns was still awesome. So hey, <laughs> thanks for Batman. Thanks for Batman Year One. I really loved that. But uh, uh, how much does it? What what is it? Uh, one dollar for a picture, five dollars to punch you in your fucking fascist face. Okay, I'll I'll pay the five. I don't. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. Okay, I'm sorry, Frank Miller. Please do not take this as a direct threat. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Unless you, know, you want to call are... in and curse us out and then do it <laughs> yeah. because we could use the publicity. <laughs> Yeah, 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 Frank Miller. Yeah, please. All right. If Frank Miller calls, we we have one hour left on this episode. If Frank Miller calls and says that I can punch him in the face, I will not only meet him and punch him in the face, but we can do it uh, on video. So we have something sweet for, you know, some, you know, one of our other, like I said, we've, we've got blogs, we've got websites. We, we, I, I will let Frank Miller punch me in the face if he lets me punch him in the face. I'm not saying it's going to be a one-sided fight. I'm I'm not yeah. saying just show up and punch me in the face. And uh, actually, Frank Miller, he looks kind of beefy. I don't know if anyone has seen me, but I weigh 148 pounds, uh, and none of that is muscle. So, uh, so Frank Miller, I, I hereby retract my desire to be punched in the face by you, but... I, I would still like to punch you in the face. <laughs> but it's really sad with the Dune Dictionary because that's how stupid they thought the people were. Yeah, yeah. That's very strange to me because I've always wondered if, um, if well, you, you know, we could do a whole show on, the, on Dino De Laurentiis. Right, like I mean, oh God, that, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think he always underestimated his audience. Yeah, yeah, he always underestimated his audience, and Dune was always going to be a hard novel to. Well, it wasn't even a single novel. I mean, you know, it, it was a series of books, but. uh as far as I remember, and again, it's my least favorite David Lynch movie, so I've only, I do have a copy, but I've only watched it a few times in my life. It, uh, it, I it only dealt the with the steel book that has on one side of it the theatrical cut and on the other side the TV cut. Right. But. Uh, what I was going to say was that it's only based on the first book, right? Yeah. As, as, as far as I recall, I, I did read the books when I was younger, but as far as I recall, yeah. uh, David Lynch, the David Lynch film was only based on the first book, which. Yeah. They had contracts I, to do the first three books, but after the first one bombed so spectacularly, after cutting down David Lynch's original work print cut of four hours, which everyone, Paul yeah, Smith, yeah. Ever McGill, and everyone has said that it was a masterpiece. 
Yeah, I and I I obviously again you and I both being film nerds, uh, we've both heard about the legendary four-hour David Lynch cut. I actually was just reading something on the internet the other day that said that the the new Blu-ray version is going to have David Lynch's four-hour cut. It, again, oh, like you said, no. I've checked the extras. It's just going to have the theatrical. Yeah. I, I I mean, I don't know. I guess I kind of want to see the four-hour David Lynch cut, but like the same way that I sat through uh, Scorsese's The Irishman, I was like, all right, it's four hours. I, I like your movies, but come on, man. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, wrap it up. Yeah, right? Like, uh, David Lynch is one of my favorite directors. I love the stuff that he does, but yeah. Um, Dune is probably my least favorite, but if I could get my hands on one of the four-hour cuts of his original, yeah, I, 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 I would watch it probably only once and then stuff it on my shelf with all my other movies, but I would at least watch it once. I, like, I would yeah. like to see what his... I, I would like to see what his vision of of Dune was, you know. Um, but it, uh, but it it, it kind of uh, rolls into uh, something else that Abby and I were talking about. Um, you know, uh, John dies at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, here here I go again. See, I never should have started drinking and doing drugs again. But uh, who who directed Phantasm? Oh, Coscarelli. Mm. Yes, he directed John Dies at the End, which, again, much in the vein of uh, of Dune, because the novel series of John Dies at the End is actually like a three book series. I assume that. Initially, the studio's plan was to film all three books, but uh, well, the yeah, thing because... was that uh, Paul Giamatti and him had raised the money to do Bubba Nosferatu, the sequel to Bubba Hotep. Right, right. Because Bruce Campbell screwed him over and pulled out at the last minute. They shifted all of the money they had in stock to film Bubba Nosferatu over to John Dies at the End, and they did it independently. Huh. That, now, that, now, that is a story that I've never heard. I know that, uh, yeah, Costarelli's uh, last film before John Dies at the End was Bubba Hotep, which I, which I think was a great film, and... I'm actually personal friends with Joe R. Lansdale, so I mean, everyone I who meets super... Joe R. Lansdale's personal friends with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he is such a nice dude, isn't he? Such a nice fucking guy. Yeah, and, and like, not not only does he hang out with you and shoot the shit, but then he he makes friends with you on Facebook and Twitter, and he'll follow he follow you on Instagram. He'll He'll send you birthday wishes and shit. Like, dude, Joe R. Lansdale is not only one of the greatest writers of our generation, but he is one of the nicest fucking guys, dude. I, let's let's give a shout out here to Joe R. Lansdale. He's a 
fucking yeah. awesome dude. <laughs> he is such a cool dude. But like I said, yeah. they had everything set up to do Bubba Nosferatu, but at the last second, Bruce Campbell said, I don't want to do this, and pulled out and just sent everything into tailspin with that. Huh. See, I never, I never heard that story. I, n- I yeah. never heard of, I never heard anything about that. And it, it makes me feel kind of weird because, uh, I mean, just because we're just shooting the shit right now. Obviously, I don't have anything to say. I don't. I can say I know Joe Lansdale and we're friends. That's fine, but I can't say anything about Bruce Campbell. I don't know his. I like I love his work, but I don't know him personally, so I can't say anything yeah. personally about him. But uh, so, I mean, you, and they took uh, all of I, the money and shifted it over to John Dies at the end. Yeah, which which and uh, you're which right. John Dies at the end is a book. The first one, which is the one they adapted, yeah. it was before. Holy shit! There's spiders in this book. I promise. Yeah, that, yeah, this yeah, this book is filled with spiders or or whatever. I can't remember what the what the second book is called. But yeah, but it was it was yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but John Dies at the End is a dense book that they had to cut out of a whole lot of crap because one, they didn't have the money to film it, and two. Imagine doing a three-hour film where John die, doesn't die at the end. He dies in the middle of the book, <laughs> but then he yeah, comes back. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it kind of, and this is what this is what this was the uh, this is the comparison I was trying to make is that Dune was a very dense of. A, a larger series of books and and uh yeah John dies at the end was the same uh you know ultimately Don, John dies at the end is a trilogy of books but we only got the first one um both I, both Dune and John dies at the end great great film adaptations of great books but probably not the most direct adaptations you know what i mean like yeah like 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 nowadays we we've reached this era where uh, you know filmmakers try so hard to just hammer in this this is this was the book boom this is the movie you know but um well, we, we, the uncut we, version of the Dune that's hitting theaters in October is going to be six hours. So basically, we're going to get three hours, which is going to be the first half of the book, up to the part where Paul first meets the Fremen. And that's where the first film's going to end. And then the second but, book is going to be after he's become one of the Fremen till the end of the book. But that's going to be the that's going to be the Paul Villu version though, not the David Lynch version, right? Yeah. Or are you saying there's yeah, that's going to be the Paul Villu version. Yeah, not the David Lynch version. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, David, David Lynch has removed his name from that 
film so many times. Yeah, the TV uh, version is directed is is possibly the best film, one of the best films directed by Alan Smithy out there. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say the Alan Smithy version. Love it, love every minute of it. That, that's good shit. And I actually the the uh, you know me, you know I collect VHS. Not we talk about this all the time, but we were just yeah. speaking about it earlier. Uh, the version of Dune that I have is on VHS. On the back of the VHS copy, it says. Uh, directed by David Lynch, but when you watch the movie, it says directed by Alan Smythe. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it, like so. So on the on on the actual box art, box art, it is a David Lynch film. But when you pop the film in, nope, Alan Smythe. Alan, Alan Smithy. I don't know how you say it. I don't know you. Yeah, Alan Smithy. Yeah, well, you're from the south. Up here, we say Smythe. <laughs> well, I, I grew up in New. I just go from watching uh, Siskel and Eber and all of that, where yeah. <laughs> that, they were the first mm-hmm. ones to really ruin that secret. Right, right, yeah, yeah. The Alan yeah. Smithy secret. Yeah, they do. Yeah, which was, they, they do pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. if you're a director and you're embarrassed of a film and you wanted to take your name off of it, the only thing that you had to use was the Alan Smithy name. Yeah, and that, that and that's really weird. Like, how how did that ever really? Do you know how that ever came about? I don't know. It's just that's what the Directors Guild decided the name was going to be. You yeah, know, and that's like a weird... one of those arbitrary things like uh, instead of uh, like when the ratings first come out, it was G, G, P, M. Right, right, right. Then yeah. R and then X. Yeah, it, it is a weird it is a weird thing because uh, I know there are a lot of rules when it comes to you know myself again you know we kind of talk about this sometimes here and there but as someone who has written for movies as someone who has written for TV shows as someone who uh, is uh, you know a professional comedian and stuff like. I I do have to register with a lot of different uh, guilds, guilds, you know, directors guild, writers guild. But if you put your actual God-given Christian name down on a piece of paper to register with a guild, whether it's in New York or Hollywood, the two major places where you have to register to be able to work as an actor, a writer, a director, uh, you know, a fucking cartoonist, a stand-up comedian, whatever, whatever you have to, you, it, you have to have a name that nobody else has, and it, and it, and if you don't, they, they, you just have to make up a name. <laughs> they, they, they're just like, all right, well, there's already a yeah, Nate Bradford. like. Uh... <laughs> William Goldman, I forget what name he took his film off of that he wrote, 
but he named it after his dog. You're talking about Will William Goldman, who wrote Lord of the Flies, like wrote no, the, the novel guy who Lord wrote of Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, the Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah, and what was And don't the, forget, what? I forget it, but he named it. He changed his name for the movie because he didn't like how the movie turned out. The it, the credit writing credit was given to his dog, and it's the only time a dog's ever won best screenplay. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say that. I can't remember what he changed his name to, but I was just gonna say you're right. His dog won an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I when you say William Goldman, though, all I can think of is. Uh, uh, Lord of the Flies, uh, which was yeah. the novel that he wrote. But I do, I do believe that it's the same William William Goldman who wrote Lord of the Flies, um, that that changed his name to his dog's name, and his dog won the Oscar. But uh, I'm not. And I'm don't not forget, uh, Cord Weiner Bird, who won an Emmy, was. You tell me. Harlan Ellison. Oh, Harlan Ellison. What did yeah. he win an Emmy for? Must have been must have been the Twilight Zone, huh? Yeah, it was the Twilight Zone. He didn't like how they treated his story, so he changed his name to Cordwain or Bird. <laughs> which <laughs> Which episode of the Twilight Zone did he win the Emmy for? Ooh, it was Demon was a it was one of the fifties and sixties ones, not the eighties one. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But was was it the same one uh, that they had to give James Cameron credit for when he wrote Terminator? Uh, yeah, but that was uh, Demon with a Glass Hand. Yeah, Demon with a Glass Hand was the one that eventually they gave uh, Harlan Ellison partial credit for. As yeah, well, he stole a lot of his ideas from Soldier and Demon from a Glass Hand, and and right. uh, basically uh, uh. Cameron went up to him. He said, "Hey, I used your ideas. What do you think about that? Pay me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I, I don't mind. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't care. You know, like I said, man. Like we like we were talking about at the top of the show. We've we've been talking about this since the top of the show. We've been doing this together for seven years, man. But you know me, I I, I I've been successful as a writer, a musician, uh, you know, a cartoonist, a stand-up comedian, an actor, a director. Like I I don't really give two shits. Everything that I have is out on the internet. So if anybody wants to see it. Go see it, but you know if it if you use it, can I just get a few bucks? You know, like that's all I that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never understood that uh, 
how they treat most of the guys that work on the internet. They're like, you should be grateful that we're stealing from you. I'd be grateful if you gave me like tons of more money. Yeah, right. Like, look, man, you can go and listen to my podcast, and then you can post some stupid thing on your blog about my podcast. But if you're taking my ideas and Stephen's ideas and putting them on your podcast, can we? Yeah, making them your own, (laughs) and then telling people that they are your own ideas. Sooner or later, Carmen's going to come back and bite you. Can we at least get 10 bucks? Because we spend like 40 bucks a month just to do this fucking podcast. If you're going to steal our ideas, can you at least just give us like 10 bucks? So, you know, help pay the rent. All I know, there's (laughs) people online there that better pray every night that I can't afford a lawyer. (laughs) <laughs> that pray every night, please, God, don't let Steve be able to ever afford a lawyer, because if he does, I'm ruined. <laughs> right? Well, it's like I was saying before, like, Abby teases me all the time, and she's like, yeah, how many cracked.com articles did you and Steven have to read before you came up with your ideas about whatever movies you're talking about this week? And I'm like, no. We're smart enough to figure out how fucking movies work. We don't need to read someone else's articles. And she's like, yeah, well, who's going to pay you when they listen to your podcast or read your blog and write their own fucking version of what you guys just said? I'm like, well, that's fair. I mean, yeah, she's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there are. uh, It's so fucking stupid, man, that people would even... Like, like, like rip our shit off. But like you said before, before we even went on tonight, how many shows are we deep? We've been doing this for seven years, man. Yeah. Uh, And I'm on episode 591 headed straight towards 600 episodes. And that's not including the year that I was uh, with uh, Keith Hayes on Hoobazoo. And I forget how many episodes I did there. And the show I did before that, which is has some that you on there, three, that's on his site. I don't know how good they are right. to download because we can't get them downloaded. Right? But yeah, like I've we, been doing this for over up. a decade. I was like yeah, forty-one, forty. I was like forty-three, forty-four when I started. Yeah, and we started off tonight's show saying that finally, after all these years, we've got some nice podcast and equipment. Yes, so that, and I've got good yeah. internet finally. I live out in the boonies <laughs> out here, and we're just now getting in the wired internet. And And we've had so much fun doing this, but again, it's not just the podcast. I mean, we have done... We've been doing podcasts for seven years now, but we also have our blog and we've, we've like done so much writing and so much uh, of this kind of nonsense together where we just goof around and talk about whatever we feel yeah, like talking about on a Wednesday night. Stuff, go to uh, WK Books 
and look up uh, most of the issues of Wings Chop, and you'll see Steve's videos for the articles in there that I've read. Yeah, Wing- and a couple of issues of Monster. Yep, uh, Wings Chop and Monster Sweet. If you want to see some more of Steven's writing, go to r-massive.com. Uh, uh, where we we had our blog over there for several years. It has to be R dot massive because if you just put R massive, the first thing that comes up is a big is, is, is a website about big dicks. <laughs> so you got to make sure you put the dash yeah. in there. It's not it's it's not an underscore R dosh massive, and uh, you'll find a lot of writing that Stephen and I did. Uh, Actually, yeah, what, yeah, but even before we started doing podcasts, that that was back when we were just yeah. goofing around and uh, and writing articles. But those those came out great. Yeah, are, I and, and they're they still all there. Every, it was one of those things like it was late night in a jail cell, and he's like, "Bend over, Steve. Why?" Uh-huh. Can you move to the left? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I I got I got to I got to try the, I got to All right. Look. Look, look. I'm up there. I got to go right. I got to go right. Okay. Okay, the right one feels okay. I got to go left. Okay. Uh all right. <laughs> I got the right and the left. He's okay. He's okay up there, folks. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, uh, you know what? This is weird because we're talking about it now after seven years. But like, how did how did we initially become become friends? Because we I was it must uh, have been... doing my list on Facebook, and then you wrote up and he's like, "Hey, I like your list." And a couple of our, couple of friends of mine were saying that I should team up with you, and would you like to do it? I'm like. Okay. Yeah, I I I think it must have been yeah, it must have been like Tony uh Tony Strauss uh and uh yeah, those guys from Monster and uh who who, who else am I thinking of? Tony Strauss, who else was with Monster and Wings uh uh there's uh, Tony Strauss, Brian Harris and I forget He's going to kill me. Uh, Tim Paxton. There's Tim Paxton, like the yeah. three. They're like the three head chief chili cheese fry makers of the bunch. Yeah, no. all and, and, and all three of those guys made friends with me on Facebook. And then you and I started working on our own, uh, our own blog. Uh, but. It, it, but it was inspired by the fact that those dudes were all cool with the stuff that you and I were doing just, and back then that was just blogs. That was before we were even doing podcasts. That I was never, just, I they, never they, really did a blog. I basically just did like a list on Facebook of obscure movies with barely things just attached them together, like <laughs> string. It's like, okay. It right, right, but but then when you and I started doing the blog, uh, the the you know uh, talking about movies, that's when uh, I think 
I I don't know you you already knew those guys, but that's when I really became friends with those guys. Was after you and I started doing the uh, the blog, yeah. That's when those guys were like, okay, these dudes know what they're talking about when they talk about obscure, strange movies, you know. Yeah, yeah. they were actually per- pe- they were actually printed writers long before I started writing on Facebook. Tim Paxton, right. if you get the book Xerox, Xerox, that tells about the 90s zine scene, he's one of the big head honchos of that. He was one of the big guys in that scene. I do have a copy of that, and if everybody else out there, anybody else out there who's listening to the show tonight does not have a copy of Xerox, Xerox, you should get it, uh, because it's friggin' awesome. Um, yeah. It's one of the best books about the 90s scene, which is really what inspired all of us of my generation and Nate. We get stuff like Asian trash cinema, Indian trash cinema, uh, shock cinema, video watchdog. Ah, man. It was I just next I, I have up from Fangoria. Yeah, I have to I have to say just l- listening to you uh name uh those magazines uh okay, it's very hot here in Maine tonight, so I'm sitting here in my underwear. When you started mentioning some of those magazines, I almost had an orgasm. I wasn't yeah. touching myself, but Jesus Christ. Ah. Yeah, those are the ma- and again, you and I have talked about this before. Those are the magazines we grew up on. Like, yeah, and I like I joked about I I joked I joked about earlier tonight about uh yeah if you wanted to get a copy of Solo you had to go to uh the 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 store and buy a copy of Threat uh you know Threat Theater and then go home and, or, or if uh, you knew someone that. Knew- Someone that had a connection to New York video. Right, right, right. Yep. That was the VHS um, company that, that put out the legit copies of Solo. I th- uh, uh, did, did I ever tell you the story about how I got my copy of Solo? Um, there was a video store. I think I, I think I've told this story on our podcast before, but... There was a video store near my house uh, that was very, it was very strange. The guy who owned it was kind of a weirdo, but he used to travel out of state all the time. This is when I still lived in New Jersey. Uh, This guy would travel outside of state all the time and he would come back with boxes and boxes and boxes of movies. And this is actually how I got a lot of my something weird video on VHS. Um, a lot of my wizard video, like he would come back from these, uh, uh, out of state travels and he would come back with these VHS tapes and he was, he would always let me look at them first and I would buy a bunch of them. But, uh, I rented solo. He had an old VHS copy of solo and I rented it and I brought it back and I was like, can I buy this? And he was like, no, this is super rare. That, again, remember, I had already bought a bunch of VHS copies of Something Weird 
some wizard shit. Like, you know, I had, I had bought a bunch of stuff, which now with our, you know, with us would be considered super rare, you know, uh, but he, but but he didn't want to sell me the copy of Solo, so I took the copy of Solo home, and the uh, it it was on VHS. the uh, The label on it was really loose, so I just peeled the label off real carefully, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and and then I just printed a copy uh, off of my computer that said, you know, Solo, 120 Days of Sodom, glued it on with a glue stick, took the took took a blank VHS tape back in the package. So so I I, I own a I own an original copy of Solo on VHS that does not have a cover. It's in a it's in one of those old uh, VHS like sleeves that you would get if you bought a bunch of blank <laughs> VHS tapes. <laughs> and a- a- that guy's probably uh, still looking for you. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Wait, the, oh! So you say that, but the story's not quite over yet. The guy who <laughs> was the man, the guy who was the manager at that video store. At the time, I worked at a video store, and yeah. he and, and and he was not allowed to rent brand new videos uh, when they came out uh, at, at his store. So yeah. he would, so he, but he would know that the new movies were coming out. He would know that uh, Pulp Fiction was coming out on video or uh, a Forrest Gump, you know. Uh, Whatever he would he he knew oh this is the week that all the uh, Oscar contenders are coming out on VHS so he would come to my video store and I would be like he'd be like yeah I, I can't rent Pulp Fiction this week because it's a new release at my work and and that was actually a rule at my work as well we weren't allowed to rent new release videos but I was the manager so I just did whatever I wanted but. Uh, yeah, this guy Frank would come to my video store every Tuesday and be like, "Hey, man, I can't rent Pulp Fiction today because it just came out, but I need to see it." I'd be like, "Okay, okay, yeah, it's fine, take it, you know, and whatever. You don't work at this video store, so take Pulp Fiction." But <laughs> years later, I I worked as a as a as a, a delivery driver for uh, a, a pharmacy and I, I drive up one day and Frank is the dude who, whose door I knock on. And I was like, Oh, Hey man, I haven't seen you forever. He's like, well, you don't work at the video store anymore. And I was like, well, do you still work at the video store downtown? He's like, no, that, 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 that store went full porno. So I, I quit and I was like, uh, all right, cool, man. I was like, well, I'll see you later. And as I was walking away, he was like, Hey, tell me straight up. Did you steal that copy of solo? <laughs> 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 he was 
like it, you were the last person to rent it, and when it came back, it was a blank tape with stickers on it. <laughs> I still have that copy of Solo. <laughs> and somewhere at a video store in Bangor, Maine, there's an empty box with a blank tape that has stickers that claim to be solo. <laughs> oh, Lord. But, yeah, I mean, back then I would, like, rent everything. And thank you to the NES because they would have the yellow, red, and white cables, which were useless for our TVs back then. Yep. But if you wanted to hook together two VCRs and dupe tape, <laughs> hey. Yeah, uh, the uh, the original copy of, again, I'm going to dip deep in, uh, again, as anyone who's ever listened to our show, I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Uh, the first copy of Reservoir Dogs I ever had, I actually took home. Um, from work I've taken. and uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I date, I, I, I just taped to tape, um, like you said, took some cords and just taped it. But this is this is funny, and I think I mentioned this, and again, I, I, I mentioned uh, when I was promoting the show tonight that this is the first time that you and I have been back on the air together for. Uh, since April and uh, I mentioned at the top of the show that that was my fault because I, I do have well, some issues you, with drugs. I've been going through a lot of ball poop. Right. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, you can take and as I'm much responsibility. And I'm better off than you because I'm sitting outside and ooh, <laughs> it's cl- I live close to a lake and it's been raining all day, so it's cold out here tonight. Yeah, it, it rain. It's been raining a lot here the last couple of days too. So it's not. I mean, I'm in my apartment with the air conditioning on and the heat. Uh, the the heat outside is relaxed because of the rain. But um, what I was going to say is the reason that I will take more responsibility for the fact that you and I have not been on the air together for the last uh, four or five weeks is because I do have drug and alcohol problems and I am addressing them. So I do thank all of our fans and, uh, you know, frequent listeners for at least giving me a chance to, you know, sober up a little bit and try try to get my shit together. Uh yeah. Uh, I I I feel I feel weird about it, you know, because um like I said earlier, you know, it's like I, I'm I'm almost 50 years old. You know, I have a nice house. I have I have a loving wife. I have two nice cars. I have all the fun toys you could ever want. You know all of the just 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 is a very yeah, very, right? very very fine house with two I, I, cats I, I, in the yard. Uh, Life used uh, to be so. 
Yeah, no, yeah, you're not, you're not even, you're not even kidding, man. Like, you know, like I have a, I have a really good job. She has a really good job. Like we have a really nice house. We have all the fucking fancy shit you could ever want. We have, you know, and, 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 you know, there's, there, there's a, there's a separation there where I, I understand that I do have problems with drugs and alcohol, but being almost 50 years old and having money in the bank and having a nice house and having a, a beautiful wife and, and having cars and, 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 and a, and a day job. And then you get to do podcasts with your friends and you get to do stand up comedy and you get to write on your blog and you get to just like, it, like you know, like, I, I, it's it it's fucking ridiculous. But when you get to a point where there are no consequences, like you you, you totally like I'm at the I, I'm at the uh, I'm at the point uh, where you know like I do like I do have some really good friends who are are in drug rehab programs and they want me to go with them. And, and I do, I try it. I try it. Um, a big reason why it doesn't work for me is because I'm not particularly religious. Uh, I'm a Buddhist. I, I believe in reincarnation. I do meditation. I was raised as a Catholic, but I don't, I don't believe in God. Sorry if that, if that cuts our ratings, but I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. That I, now we only have twenty-two people listening to us. We had twenty-three, but the twenty-third went. Oh, screw this! I'm leaving. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone was like, "Come Fuck back, this guy. twenty-three. <laughs> I'll I'll nail him to the cross <laughs> for you. He likes that stuff." <laughs> But I do, uh, you know, I, 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 I do believe in an afterlife. I do believe in a higher power. I just, uh, you know, uh, and like I said, I was raised Catholic. So uh, I, I just don't believe in the, in the Christian version of the, of the Bible. But um, when, it, when it comes to Alcoholics Anonymous, I, I, I have tried that several times, three, three times in the last five years. I've tried to get into Alcoholics Anonymous and I, I don't want to be one of those assholes who's like, oh, Alcoholics Anonymous is just another fucking cult. It's just like being a, a drunk. Like, I don't believe that. People find their way through Alcoholics Anonymous and I support it fully. Um, but the one thing that always resonates with me when it comes to AA is the Bill Hicks bit. Again, going back to me being a stand-up comedian, Bill Hicks saying, uh, I went to AA, and the guy was like, I lost my house, I lost my car, I lost my dog, I went to jail, uh, I lost everything. What, how does that make you feel about drinking, Bill Hicks? Uh, it makes me feel like I never want to drink with you, you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I, it's I, like I know, I, I know. Cooper, he talked about, he's like, people called him up. How did you stop? I didn't. Yeah, then how did you yeah, quit? I, just ne- I didn't. I just kept not doing it. 
day by day by day by day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's a big thing for me, you know. And like I said, I don't I don't want to take this over. Jesus Christ, man, we were supposed to be talking about 80s movies and music and all that fun stuff well, and we've yeah, got I've like 10 minutes about left. That. And, yeah. The movie of the week for us, for me, is George Romero's The Amusement Park, which showed up Tuesday on Shudder. Jesus Christ. I feel sorry for the Lutherans because they wanted to get this film that was supposed to be an anti-ageism, you know, Treat Your Elders yeah. Better film. And what they yeah. got was one of the most downbeat, bleak, and depressing freaking films I have ever <laughs> seen. Yeah, you uh, you and I uh, were messaging back and forth about it before uh, before the show tonight, and I have not yet seen it. But again, and this is actually it, it does kind of dovetail. With what we were talking about, uh, this is one of those films that you and I both have sought out over the years as just like film well, fanatics. Well, I didn't know it and, exists. As soon as I knew it existed, I was like, when am I going to get to see it? Where is it going to be shown? When am I going to get to see it? Yeah. And, and yeah, it, uh, anybody who doesn't have a, a subscription to Shudder, who wants to see it, uh, yeah, it'll. It, this one movie alone will be worth the five ninety nine that you have to pay because. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. on yeah. last week on Joe Bob, he had shot on video night, and it had his host Darcy, which she is a smart girl and a good fan, but she was talking about, oh, I love Blockbuster. It was the greatest thing in the world, and I'm like. No, Blockbuster is really what killed the video store. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, again, like that, uh, that's a whole other episode that you and I could do, even though that we shoot back and forth on it when we do our, our weekly podcast, like, like, like you and I grew up in a time where the video store was the thing. And yeah, block, I, I will agree with you that Blockbuster did kill off the video store uh, ultimately. But I, I, actually, um, uh, I've, I joke about this with my wife every week when you and I do the podcast. I always joke with my wife because she comes in and she's like, oh, you and Steven, you and Steven. I, I'm always like, yeah, but you, but you can jump on, you know, we've got multiple microphones. We've got multiple head, yeah. head, head headsets, jump on, do, do something. And, 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 uh, she and I have some very real, um, you mentioned blockbuster now, but, uh, there must've been some like little mom and pop video stores in the town where you grew up. Right. Oh, like, God, yeah. remember I am 50. So I grew up doing the rise of the mom and pop stores. The best thing about yeah. Blockbuster I will give them and you probably will too, is that it was the only place that you could buy 10 packs of the durable plastic BHS cases. They would sell them. Yeah. 
And not at a yeah. bad price. I think it was like ten for five. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And you would get yeah. the good high quality boxes to store your VHS tapes in. Yeah. Yeah, those those clear ones that had the real uh like the real hard snap on them. I still have a bunch of those right here next to me while we're talking right now. Like uh my my something weird video collection. I I like that that my something weird video VHS is one of my most prized things. Uh yeah, I I keep those I keep those pristine. Uh, in fact, yeah, and uh, in, uh, the blockbuster cases like that, they were sunlight proof. If you've ever gotten yeah. video, bought it from a mom and pop store, there's a good chance that the front of the box is the paint's faded from sunlight exposure. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so. I actually, I wanted to mention this. I wanted to mention it on the air. Um, So I actually started my own podcast. I have not broadcast an episode yet, but I actually did start my own podcast. It's called None of These Things Are Mine. And it's going to be right here on Blog Talk Radio. And, uh... I'm not sure 100% yet what night it's going to be on. Uh, Steven, you know, uh, when when you start a, a podcast, yeah, you have to, you know, you choose a night, you choose a time frame. Um, I'm not sure what night it's going to be, but it's going to be me uh, talking. Uh, it's going to be me talking about uh, more about my life and, some of these other things, but like you're saying, like uh, uh, blockbuster video and collecting VHS tapes and stuff. And of course, after all these years, you are when when I get it all organized, you're going to be my first guest. In fact, uh, I got a discount what? on my first. I got a discount on my first month because of all the years that you and I have worked together on Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, I did so. some good things. I got people buy discounts. They better after all the money I'm giving them. I know, right? If I so, actually had so, yeah. a list of how much money I gave them, I'd probably just quit this right now and just fall to the ground in a heap. Well, you mean you I've that- spent that much? Uh, well, that was kind of what I was thinking when I started setting up my my podcast and I saw that the first thing that was on there was like, well, you can get a discount code thanks to Stephen Ronquillo. And I was like, well, shit, then he's going to be my first guest. And, and I mean, you're welcome for every show, but uh, I, I just wanted to plug it a little bit. Like I said, it's still in yeah. the... Uh, it's still well, in the early stages. Well, if you wanted yeah. to, I'd do the producing and be the quiet one behind the scenes. Yeah, Beating yeah, the yeah. machinery with a with a pipe wrench. <laughs> That's right? what I'm good well, at. Work. <laughs> work. Right. Well, but speaking of which, uh, uh, I hope that I hope that everything came out well tonight. You and I both have. 
some sweet headphones and some sweet new microphones. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I well, think Well, besides things, your two vanishing uh, things when you ran outside in your underwear and screamed that you loved the uh, tenant, you loved Inception, and that you loved the uh, uh, guinea pig, yeah. I, 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 I kind of, I didn't log off, but I went off to other websites because I was trying to look at naked pictures of your mom and stuff. So that's what really happened. And then, you know, the, <laughs> the, uh, the blog talk, uh, the blog talk uh, spun out. So I, I got dumped off yeah. and then I got I love back that on. When but you then, get a computer that will time you out after, it's like energy saving mode. Yeah, yeah, it's. But I think this does work okay. The Google Voice works okay as long as I stay on the page and I don't go look at naked pictures of your mom. Uh, no, but no, I, I did, and and it looked hot. But then I got kicked off, so I had to come back and dial back in. And then you know what happened? I went and looked at naked pictures of your dad, and that just that really fucks things up. And then yeah. I went and looked at then I went and looked at naked pictures of your dog, and that's when things were. She, I heard her barking, and it kind of turned me on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh. And with that, good night, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, we'll hopefully. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must. Good night, sweetheart. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go home. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go home. I hate to leave you. I really must say, oh, good night.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.